and welcome to Didian Hawthorne and the In-Between, your place for everything reading and language related. I'm your host, Mackenzie Gentz. Now bookmark that book and let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. Hello and herzlich willkommen zu unserem Podcast. Today's episode follows a topic that I have been going back and forth on for weeks now, which is a reading check-in. If you listened to our first episode of the year, you'll remember that I outlined my reading trajectory for the past five years of reading a book a week, and you might also notably remember that I read a solid 46 books last year instead of the typical 52. And I thought, what better way to stay on top of our reading as a community than to hold each other accountable and do a few check-ins with our reading throughout the year? I want to use them as a reflection on what I've been reading and what I want to shift towards in the coming weeks and months, but also of course as a gold check-in with reading actually a book a week this year. Like I mentioned in the first episode, I don't really mind that I didn't read as much as I would normally. It was a strange year and there was a lot of adjustment that I had to undergo in order to adjust to online school, etc. Again, I don't mind, it's not a punitive thing to do these check-ins for me, but it is fun to do a little bit of reflection. It's worth mentioning that these episodes are not meant to be either braggy nor punitive for those who are working on reading more in our audience or are falling a bit behind in their own reading challenges. I raise my hand now, I fall behind quite frequently. (laughs) I do anticipate these episodes ultimately being helpful as tools for us as a community to take a deep breath together before moving forward with our reading. It breaks things up quite nicely as well. That being said though, I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this style of episode. Was this helpful? Should we keep doing them? And you can leave those comments either on the blog or at relevanceofliterature.com slash notes under the show notes for this episode. All right, let's talk briefly about the strategy I have been using for choosing which books to read in 2021. I have a big goal of getting through most, if not all of the unread books on my bookshelf this year, of which there are, embarrassingly, 40 plus unread books. So I have been concentrating on books that I already own rather than on books that have been recommended to me or have come out recently. As you all know, I'm a huge fan of contemporary literature being right on the spot when (laughs) there's a new book that comes out. This strategy does mean that what I've been reading this year has been noticeably different from what I would normally read or be gravitating towards at the beginning of the year, and here are a few key differences. The first is mostly I've been reading fiction. Typically, I read much more nonfiction at the beginning of the year. I think it starts you out on sort of a humane, empathetic note when you read a lot of memoir at the beginning of the year. It's a bit more introspective, I would say, when you're reading a lot of memoir. I remember in 2020, I started the year out with Art Garfunkel's memoir, uh, and then I also read a memoir by Sally Field, which I really loved. I read Educated by Tara Westover the year before, 
I read a lot of David Sedaris this time of year. So it's been a very glaring difference not to read as much nonfiction or memoir. That being said, I have read one nonfiction book this year, so <laughs> at least I'm not completely devoid, but the scale has definitely turned quite a bit. New releases are also a thing, as I mentioned. Uh, contemporary literature is something that's become more important to me over the years as I've done this podcast for longer and longer. I think that it is notable to be able to talk about literature that is forthcoming or that has just recently been published. Uh, I find it pretty liberating to be on top of things in that regard. Uh, especially looking for authors who we've read before on the show or who I really love. Uh, getting their books as soon as they come out is one of my favorite things <laughs> to do. So uh, I do have some new releases from fall of last year and even later of last year, November, December, that I have been working through. So I really don't feel the difference quite yet in terms of not having too much contemporary literature, but I know that that stock is quite small in the larger scale of things. So I will be interested to see how this dirge of contemporary literature changes my reading as I continue forward. I've also been reading a larger mix of pop fiction and literary fiction. Typically I do read quite a bit of easier reads or lighter reads at the beginning of the year just to get jump started on my reading goal and then I move into more serious literature throughout the start of the year, first half of the year. Literary fiction I have read some of though, uh, notably Weathering Heights by Emily Bronte. I also read Agnes Grey by Anne Bronte. I'm gonna read uh, Jane Eyre coming up here, knock on wood. Um, I'm also currently making my way through Emma by Jane Austen again. So there's been quite a bit of literary fiction along the way, but I definitely have been sticking to lighter reads in terms of easier to read reads, not easier thematically as we will see in a couple weeks with Anxious People by Frederick Bachman, uh, a review that's coming uh, forthcoming on the channel. And this is probably the biggest difference, which is that I'm reading a lot more audiobooks than I have historically in the past two years or so. I was huge on audiobooks, like 2017, 2018 or so. Nowadays though, I have started having a longer, more substantial, more regular commute again, so I have turned once more to audiobooks. That means I've been rereading a lot more books because I don't necessarily want to spend all the money on new audiobooks to read, so I've been quite enjoying the audiobook renditions of, as I said, Emma by Jane Austen, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I have quite a few David, David Sedaris's uh, works on audiobooks. So I've been really enjoying that sphere recently and it has definitely contributed to how much I've been able to read this year in general. And this point is kind of similar to what I was just talking about, but rereading books uh, and seeking comfort in the familiar. Definitely the Haruki Murakami book that I finished recently 
was one of those books where I just fell in love with the style uh, all over again. And Haruki Murakami is a writer that I was really into when I was a senior in high school, late high school in general. I fell away from him as I explored other genres, other authors, I got into Ann Tyler. Um, I really want to get into more Joyce Carol Oates than I have as well. So there's lots that I have been going back to with authors like Murakami and David Sedaris recently, and I think this is not unusual to seek comfort in the familiar, especially as we move into more and more of a transition out of COVID, perhaps. <laughs> I keep high hopes for that. Moving on here, I am a seasonal reader, so I like to read certain authors and certain styles at different times of the year. I like to read Haruki Murakami, as well as most of my memoirs, as I said, in January and February, The Lost Generation, also The Beats Generation, and David Sedaris in March and April, literary fiction in the summer, harder reads in the summer, contemporary fiction in the fall, and gothic literature when fall is in full swing, and then classics for the rest of the year. Starting out the year, this year in 2021, I definitely had a concrete goal of reading more classics and not to worry, I have many copies of classics like Moby Dick and The Woman in White and The Count of Monte Cristo on my unread shelf. I started out the year, for instance, with Wuthering Heights, as I said, and I also read Agnes Grey, as I said again, a short while after that. Um, Jane Austen's Emma as well, Jane Eyre, Knock on Wood in March. The problem I have really been running into with these classics is their length. And typically I would moderate between longer and shorter works, reading several shorter works, for example, before finishing a longer one. A great example is my reading from 2018, where I tackled several thousand page novels, Anna Karenina and 10Q84 among them but read lots and lots of shorter works, novellas, lots of stuff by Philip Roth, for example, alongside those larger works, and that was how I was able to read lots of books that year. 2018 was also the year that I devoted the most considerable amount of time to reading, though, and I finished, if memory serves well, with 61 books that year, which, considering the longer works in the mix, is quite a bit over what I can usually pull off in terms of my reading. Now for the moment we've all been waiting for, which is when I reveal how I've been doing in terms of my reading in fall, or rather winter 2021. We are heading into week 8, this episode will be published on the Monday of the 8th week of the year, and I have, at the end of week 7, finished 10 books. Four of those books were audiobooks, and the other six were book books, physical books, that is, this is right where I'm usually at this time of year because I tend to take January to get one or two books ahead and the reason why is in March it's historically a month for me where I don't do a large amount of reading. It's between school terms for me because we're on the quarter system here at Northwestern, 
There's lots of transition stuff, spring break is in there, meaning that I don't want to have a suitcase full of books all the time. <laughs> so I typically am not quite productive in March, but we'll see in our check-in in a few months how I do this year in 2021. Right now, I've ended up in a really interesting position, which is that I'm reading a lot of Spanish literature for the first time. We did an episode on The Bad Girl over the summer, and that was my first foray into Spanish literature for a long time, probably four to five years. And I found myself having a sustained interest in seeking out more books from the same genre and time period as I continued on. I'm currently reading a Mis mystically beautiful novel called Garden by the Sea by Marseille Rodoreda and I'm going to go on to A Heart So White by Javier Marias, knock on wood, in March. As I mentioned earlier, I'm also making my way through Emma for a second time and I'm really struck by what a different read it is the second time through, so I'm hoping to make a second episode on it and I'll link the first episode we did on Emma in the show notes for all of you newcomers in case you're interested. Finally, I'm also rereading The Art of War by Stephen Pressfield, which is a book that changed my perspective on life as an artist in general and my life in general. <laughs> I did finish the audiobook for the first time in late January this year, but I knew when I started that I was going to circle back and read it again just to let the message soak in that much more. Out of all of the books I've read this year so far, I would actually recommend The War of Art the most fervently, which is saying a lot because there have been a substantial amount of good reads in the books that I've finished. In terms of moving forward, I have some goals that will course correct, I hope, the right amount without being too overbearing. Some practical goals, I'd like to do a book no buy for March, which is devastating in some part because I would love to buy We Are the Mulvanese by Joyce Carol Oates and start my Joyce Carol Oates obsession, but that will have to wait. So. I will do a no buy for March and <laughs> I have been consistently still buying two books a month for the first two months of the year so I've already bought four books this year and I need to slow down because I need to enjoy a lot of the literature that I've already invested in and that is going to take some commitment especially like I said because I like to be on the forefront of a lot of really beautiful stuff that is coming out. Another, perhaps more personal, practical goal is I have too many books in my apartment here in Chicago, so I typically would stick to one bin of books, these big cartons of books that I have, and I have two full ones right now, so I'd like to move back to the one bin, meaning reading and probably donating or sending to friends, one bin of books, and... I would like to do that by the time I move back to Arizona in June 2021. In terms of my literary goals, I am looking forward to producing the first Bleak House episode by April 1st. 
Bleak House has been delayed again and again, and I sincerely apologize for that. That has been a result of terrible planning on our end here at the show. Um, we have invested a lot more time in creating quality content aside from Bleak House, which is an amazing read, but Bleak House is a read that really deserves time and thought and attention, which we couldn't give when we were producing super in-depth quality episodes. Like I said earlier this year, especially all of the novel reviews that we've been doing, um, we've been trying to focus more and more on novel reviews, and that does take time on everyone's load here. So Bleak House has suffered. <laughs> we will be reviewing Bleak House. We will do it. Um, and the current schedule has Bleak House starting on the 1st of April. As our patrons know all about, we will be doing one episode per month, uh, generally from April through July. So that will hopefully give us all time to really read and indulge in Bleak House by Charles Dickens. Something interesting that I've been noticing about reading in general is that I have been prioritizing it more than I usually would uh, when I'm at school, and this is definitely due to some built-in freedom that I gave myself this winter as we were, again, moving back and forth in these transition periods in, in university with all of the COVID restrictions. So I have been prioritizing my reading much more than I would I specifically have not been letting reading go at night, and I do read during the day fairly consistently. I like to read to break up different pieces or facets of my schedule, and what the difference really was when I wasn't reading as much last year was I was giving it, I was giving it up in the evenings, and I was saying, oh, I'm too tired, or I'll do it tomorrow really uh, procrastinating in some sense on getting my reading done. So here I have committed to reading at night again, and it's been so lovely and such a great way to wind down. I would truly recommend it for those of you who want to start increasing their reading. Carve out half an hour before you go to bed, and I have felt more relaxed. I have felt more empathetic. I have felt... Um, like I have a better start to my day the next day because I've been having a consistent reading routine at night. And lastly, I would like to find a way to balance longer classics with shorter reads again. This is something that I'll have to experiment with and check back with, and I really will enjoy, I think, starting some longer classics. I really want to read Heart of Darkness again. Not very long, but uh, it's a novella, but um, maybe going into something like Moby Dick or something like The Count of Monte Cristo uh, and experimenting with mediating between maybe more audiobooks, maybe more short story collections, for example, just so that I have some markers of success while I'm going through these very long, difficult, complicated reads. All right, that is all for the episode this week. Again, if you enjoyed the episode, if you hated this check-in, I would love to know your thoughts. Relevanceofliterature.com slash notes under the show notes for this episode is the place to leave your joys and griefs. 
Thank you so much for your time and for your attention, and I will see you next week. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to hear more from us, we've done everything from Shakespeare to Dracula. There really is a show and a series for everyone, so I'd recommend checking out our website at relevanceofliterature.com under the ongoing series tab for links to our entire back catalog of episodes, as well as any current goings-on of our show. If you are looking for even more content, we also have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash relevanceofliterature. Thank you so much for your support, and we'll see you next time.